3: Southern Miss to the, to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle
2: Hour. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to the Monday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We appreciate you tuning in every Monday through Friday at 1 o'clock. Opening segment sponsored by our good friends at Dickey's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of the Eagle Hour. Proud supporters of Southern Miss Athletics and good friends of ours. We encourage you the next time you have a hankering for barbecue. Make it Dickie's Barbecue. They serve it in-house. They'll deliver it to your home. You can enjoy it through the drive-thru. However you choose to do it, just make sure you choose Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Joel Kane is the athletic director at Jones College. He's going to be joining us later in the show to talk about the opening of junior college football in Mississippi. Kelly Center will be joining us later in the show. Well... I don't need to tell you. It started out good, and then the tent folded, and Southern Miss was humiliated. Humiliated Saturday afternoon, 66-24 to by Tulane. The most points ever scored against the Southern Miss team in the Rock. 572 yards of offense by Tulane behind a freshman quarterback and uh, their backup running backs. Five hundred seventy-two yards. It was a total and complete humiliation from middleways of the second quarter through the end of the football game. It was just difficult and ugly to watch. And here's what the interim head coach had to say about it.
3: I would like to start out uh, by saying this. Uh, you know, I just want to, you know, send an apology to our fans and, and to, uh, um, to, to to our players and to our, to our coaching staff and everybody. Uh, you know, everybody that came to the game. I truly appreciate everybody's support. Now I was, you know, even shocked at the the people that stayed around late in the game. You know, I don't know if I would. I'm I'm, I'm embarrassed. Um, Our team is embarrassed. Um, uh, That's not not the way we want to lose. And, and, you know, I want to apologize to our fans. That doesn't make it better. Um, The only thing I know to do just got done telling the guys is is, is we have to go, you know, really, really correct, you know, what we're doing. And we got to see if it's an effort issue on film. Or we got to see if it's an assignment issue or if it's a scheme issue, um, you know. But there's there, they, they give Tulane credit; they're a good football team. I, 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 you know, you are what the scoreboard says. But I still don't think that team is a team that's that much better than than, than we are. Like that, you know, I, I got out of hand in the second half, and, and you know, I'm in shock. But I take full responsibility. Um, you know, and and uh, and I apologize to, to to our Southern Miss fan base, and um, and, and uh, you know, that's not the way we want to represent this program. Now, the one thing that I am proud of is, um, you know, we, we 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 talk about winning with class, losing with class. Um, I didn't see anything, just just you know, just any just dumb things after the game or anything like that. Our kids, you know, they, they understood that you know we we, we we got beat and we got beat. We got be good. That's a good old fashioned, you know, just just beaten right there. And, um, you know, they, uh, you know, they, they handled it the, the, the right way with class, and that's what I'm proud of. But um, there's no, you know, there, there's no excuse for, um, for having a performance like that. I'm very disappointed, very disappointed. And um, we're going to come back and we're going to correct and We're going to find ways to get better.
2: You know, Luke Johnson, I, I realize that the the worst stretch in Southern Miss history was the 0-12 season followed by the 1-13 season, but i got to tell you, as a guy that's been going to Southern Miss football games since the late 1970s, I don't know I've ever seen a, a, a single game where there was a worse performance. Either this team just quit Luke or they're just so outmanned with talent by Tulane. I don't profess to know what the answer is. I think this is a the result of a lot of things that have occurred over the last 12 or 13 years. But I don't know that there has ever been a darker single day in Southern Miss football history than what we saw Saturday.
0: You talk about 2012, well, we're halfway there uh, because we're in a six-game losing streak right now. You, you, you dropped the last three of the 2019 season and you dropped the first three of the 2020 season. And, and where we are, let, let me just go back and, and talk a little about the first part of the game. We were ecstatic in the first five minutes. You go up. You're telling me you go up 14 to nothing in the first five minutes of the game, get a, a kickoff return, fumble, uh, and recover it, and go in the opposite way, and you're about to go up at least 17, maybe 21 in the first uh, 10 minutes of the game, and then you turn around, and you, if you were to turn it off and turn it back on two hours, two and a half hours later, three hours later, and you got beat 66-24, to 24. that is what is just mind-boggling. Scotty went on to say in that press conference that because of, he basically said, the mental makeup of, of some of the players on our team, they looked up at a scoreboard and wondered, should they be winning right now? And that's the type of things that cause you to get smoked when adversity hits. What happened was, especially the the big turning point of the game happened in the first quarter. Uh, we throw the bubble screen and they pick it. They go the other way. They pull within a score, fourteen to seven. You hold them again, and then Central Latham. You know it's a football play, man. You you got to you you can't eject a kid for targeting. Uh, I think he he expected the the quarterback for Tulane to to duck, and he went high to get over him, and they collided. So you lose your your defensive captain. They go the other way and tie it up. Then we come back with a 61-yard pass to driver, which I thought was an excellent play call, and then adversity starts hitting. Tulane scores, uh, what was it, 17 unanswered, 31-21 at the half, and then they outscore you 35 to three. We mentally folded at the end of the second half. We physically folded in the in the in the middle of the uh, the third quarter, and. You saw it. In every offensive drive from the middle third quarter on, Jack Abraham got killed. There was nothing going on to line of scrimmage. And Tulane, to be honest, blew us off the ball offensively uh, with their offensive line. Our defensive line didn't even really have a chance as they uh, went back and forth. I'm with you. It was mentally, physically... From that Jack Abraham interception on, or, or from, uh, from 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 twenty one fourteen on, it was a pitiful, ugly, nasty day in the rock.
2: You know, this just didn't happen overnight. I, I was thinking about this, Luke, uh, <clears throat> over the weekend. You can go back. Here's my analysis of it. I, I go back 13 years ago when Richard Giannini made two decisions, uh, and maybe a year earlier – when, when no effort was made, really, to go try to get in the American Athletic Conference, we were going we to stick with Conference USA. Then we uh, pushed Jeff Bauer out of the way. By the way, the program is 75-81 and 81 since Bauer was pushed out. That's 13 years ago. 105-54 and 54 in the previous 13 years. But that, there is no reason to argue that. that. That was being argued again last night on social media. No reason for that. Just a, just a litany of mistakes. Then there's the failure to hire Todd Munkin when he first applies. Then there's the decision to hire Ellis Johnson. Then there's the decision to hire Jay Hopson, but give him no money to bring in qualified assistants, make him the lowest paid coach uh, in Conference USA. Uh, you know, the, the, even, though, even though we can hire two volleyball coaches and build volleyball facilities, we can't provide money uh, for an adequate assistant coaching staff with our football program. And then there's this, Luke, and it, there's so many Southern Miss fans that I see that are Southern Miss graduates, but their their primary interest is, what did LSU do today? What did Alabama do today? What did Mississippi State do today? I just think all of these things cumulatively have taken a toll. And I'm worried, brother. I'm worried about how you write this ship. I think we've got the right athletic director at the helm, but, boy, Luke Johnson, he, he may have the toughest job in the United States right now.
0: It's difficult. It's been difficult historically because Southern Miss historically doesn't turn out um, the type of people, you know, on average that make a lot of money to give back alumni. And so when we have people that we produce teachers and and people in the arts uh, and we're a great music school, uh, but we don't naturally produce multimillionaires and billionaires. We don't have a medical school. We don't have an, an engineering school. Um I know there's been a push in the past for Southern Miss to have an engineering school powers of be possibly didn't let that happen but yeah that that's the historic thing you deal with and and over the last 10 years you know this budget's been squeezed um I think that was probably the reason more than anything Bob that we couldn't get out of conference USA because I don't frankly I don't think we could afford the exit fee when the opportunity came to go to the American now media, mar- media markets play into that but the key for me Todd Munkin rebuilt it where would southern miss be right now if Blake Anderson who was the other finalist in 2012 would have been hired that's another
2: mistake that i overlooked but you're 100% correct that's 100% correct that's 100% you look correct look at what he's
0: doing at arkansas state the team that he just beat at arkansas state he just beat kansas state they beat oklahoma you know saturday so correct. he's got a and and there's a kid okay there's a kid in laurel mississippi right now that rushed for 200 yards friday night you know where he's committed to? Arkansas State. That's where he's going. And so you you look at where we've been, and I don't, the the only the only way out of this right now is whoever you hire to be the coach. You have got to be. You're going to sacrifice being a stepping stone for the next 10 years to get back to national relevance. That's the only way I think you can get out of it. You, you're you not going to keep your head coach. You're going to make your job a destination spot before you get to the next job. Fedora did it. Munkin um, would have been here a little longer. He did it. And uh, just unfortunate that it has down spiraled like it has.
2: All right. When we come back, we'll talk a little junior college football. Last half of the show, we'll ramp our blood pressure back up when we bring uh, Kelly Sander on the show. A sad day at Southern Miss, and we can only hope it gets better. Joel Kane from Jones College, they're excited. Their season starts this week. He's next. Stay with us on the Eagle Hour.
3: Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
2: Second segment of the Eagle Hour, sponsored every day by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net on Hardy Street across from the Southern Miss campus. Great place to buy your Southern Miss apparel, household items, uh, books if you're a student, uh, anything related to Southern Miss and Southern Miss Athletics. They have it at Campus Bookmart. Open Monday through Saturday on Hardy Street, or you can shop online at campusbookmart.net. Kelly Center will be joining us uh, in the third and fourth segment as we will go back uh and have more discussion about what occurred Saturday afternoon and also update you on uh, there was a few games in Conference USA actually half of the games were canceled because of COVID-19 but there were three uh conference games involving uh, Florida International, UTEP and Louisiana Tech and uh, we'll kind of talk about those a little bit and also remind you of the ones uh that didn't make it because of COVID-19. All during the course of uh, the spring leading up end of football season and across the course of the summer, we talked a great deal about uh, whether football was going to be played or not. And a lot of that speculation centered around junior college football and the proud uh, junior college league that exists here in Mississippi. Well, we're happy to remind you that they are going to play junior college football. It's all going to start this week. Joel Kane is the athletics director at Jones College, and Mr. Kane, uh, there was a lot of speculation, a lot of debate, a lot of a lot of lobbying back and forth. The National Junior College Association, uh, you know, announced they were not going to play, but the Mississippi chapter stood up, said we are going to play, and it's all going to happen uh, come Thursday. Your thoughts uh, after everything that's occurred to actually see a game Thursday?
4: Well, we you know we're just like everybody else. Uh, we're extremely excited. Um, you know, there's been a lot of anticipation built up with this. Uh, you know, we brought these kids on campus uh, back in mid-August, and, um, and it's been very stringent uh, for those guys and training and, and maintaining the COVID guidelines and, and everything from the, the CDC, the State Department of Health, and what the institution has. Uh, but, but all of our guys, um, they've done a great job of managing it. Um, you know, it's kind of been the theme to this point is, you know, we just have to, to stay healthy to get there. And then after we get there, we know we take it one week at a time. Um, but it's, just, it's a lot of excitement. Um, I'm mainly excited for the opportunity for these kids uh, to go out and, and to showcase um, you know, our institution and themselves as a student athlete and their families and, uh, and just give them that opportunity. You know, that's what they're here for, and they've done what we've asked them to do to get to this point. So I'm really excited about that for those guys.
2: Now, East Mississippi, as I recall, announced they were not going to play did they change that or are they still not going to participate
4: they are still not going to participate um you know out of the the MACCC institutions that that play football uh they are the only ones uh to this point that have elected um not to
2: play okay now how will this season differ for those that may not know as compared to a normal season in your league
4: Well, we're playing uh, South versus South. So, us, for example, we'll have six games. And the North will be a little bit different, you know, with the absence of East Mississippi. Um, So, some of those institutions will play each other twice. And what we'll do is we'll take the best conference record from the South, best conference record from the North, and we'll have a one-game championship, you know, conference championship at the end. Mm -hmm. So, usually, you know, we play a rotating schedule uh, with the North institutions, and then we play all of our South, so we'll play a nine-game season regularly. Uh, But this year, uh, it's all South games, and again, we'll take the best of the South, best of the North, and we'll have a one-game conference championship where we usually have two rounds of playoffs at the end.
0: I got you. Luke, get into the conversation. Joel, um, just for people outside, what's the fan situation going to be like this year? Uh, Because Jones College has three home games.
4: Yep. Um, well we're going by, you know, the twenty five percent capacity. Uh that number for um you know Bobcat Stadium Sim Cooley Field is sixteen twenty five. Um so we have been pre selling those tickets for a few weeks now. Um we've had an enormous turnout uh so far to purchase season tickets, Bobcat Club passes. Um so we, we're we're really close to our numbers. Uh, you know, for everybody out there listening right now. Uh, We will sell a limited amount of tickets at the gate. Um, I can't guarantee that those tickets will be available, but there is a possibility that you can buy the remaining tickets that we have left over uh, from our 1625 number. We will sell a few. You know, we have it set up in our stadium where – You know, we're going to pretty much usher you into your seat to try to maintain, you know, safety and well-being for all of our patrons and fans that are coming to watch, uh, to maintain that distancing, to keep you in your family or group. And, um, you know, we're going to require masks when we can. Uh, We'll have hand sanitizer stations throughout the stadium. So, again, we want everybody to come out. We want to have a good night, but we want everybody to be safe. We want everybody to be well whenever they leave.
0: You, uh We will be having, calling, uh, broadcasting the game against East Central this Thursday on Super Talk Laurel, uh, beginning at 7 p.m. Uh, we were joking ahead of time, uh, people have to listen to me, but Chuck Robertson will be there, so that's maybe a little more exciting. But Bobcats... Uh, man, there's some there's some real talent this year. Bud Talbert's probably the best wide receiver in uh, Mississippi Junior Colleges. Day Hawkins returns at quarterback. A, a kid that I'm excited to see, Joel, is uh, Josh Belk. I mean, uh, Clemson, South Carolina, he's bounced around some. And he's a big old boy, 6'3", 350 on the defensive line. Bobcat's got some talent this year.
4: Yep, uh, defensive line. um, You know what I've been out to practice to see. uh, Defensive line, you know as a whole is is very talented. You are right. You know Josh Belt. uh, He is extremely talented, um, and he's equally, you know, a good of a person. Uh, He he's been great for us. Um, You know his his leadership on that team uh, for some of the younger guys. Since you know he is a third year guy that, like you said, you know has been in the program like Clemson, has been in a program like South Carolina. Uh, he brings a different mentality, so he's been really good for you know a younger group of freshmen. We've got a lot of those freshmen out there this year, so he, he's been really good for them. Um, you know, Coach Buckley and and our staff they do a great job of recruiting and and they find the right guys, the the both hand players that we like to talk about. That um, you know they're they're good on the field and they're good off the field. Um, so so those guys they've done a really good job of recruiting some quality kids in here. And like I said, I'm just excited that. Come Thursday, hopefully at seven o'clock, that that we get the
2: opportunity to showcase those guys on the field. Mr. Kane, the uh, quality of junior college football, in Mississippi, pretty well known, renowned. On a given night, how many uh, you play football, uh, junior college game? How, how on a given night, how many Division One, Division One A, whatever you want to call them now, uh, you know, four year college coaches are there scouting these kids?
4: It varies. Uh, you know, because they, those guys from the, the D1s, the D2s, et cetera, you know, they're on a very tight recruiting schedule as well. So, you know, what they try to do is they try to pick that matchup that, that showcases several, you know, different players on mm-hmm. both sides of the ball uh, for whoever we're playing, and that way they can get the most bang for their buck. Um, you know, with the, with the right kids on the field, uh, you could easily have fifteen to twenty, twenty-five schools here lined up on the sideline, you know, watching the talent on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it, it just depends. But you know, it this this league uh, across the board is very talented. Uh, this year will be a little bit different because um, in all the years past that I can think of, you know, somebody from the state of Mississippi has been in the national championship race. Uh, and it's going to be a little bit different this year from an NJCAA standpoint because with their season being in the spring and our season being in the fall, uh, we will not be able to participate in that national championship. But, um, you know, it's pretty safe to say that whoever's playing for the state championship here, uh, you could you could go to bed every night and saying, yeah, we're, we're the best team in the country.
2: Safe to say, too, that the uh, success that the league has enjoyed – has helped attract kids, from like like the one you just mentioned, the kid that played at Clemson. It helps attract kids from all over the country to Mississippi. Is that not correct?
4: That is correct. Um, And it's it's all about the opportunity. And I use that word a lot, but it is. It's about the opportunity because, you know, there's a reason why, um, you know, kids come to us. Um, You know, possibly they didn't get that offer that they wanted out of high school. Possibly they're not quite there yet from a developmental standpoint to get that offer. Or maybe they've transferred back, um, and they want to transfer back and go back to university. So that's the reasons why these kids are here, and it's our job as an institution to develop them um, into all the different facets that we look at from the athletic department. You know, our job is to develop them and get that opportunity for them to go forward. So when you look at your social media when football started playing and um, you know, you look at all of our kids that are playing at Division I, and you look at kids that are across the state that are playing at Division one. that's what this league is about. Um, and, and we do take great pride in that here, um, getting those young men in here, getting them developed, and getting them out with the opportunity that, they're you know, they're so deserving of.
2: And it's not limited just to football. It's basketball and certainly baseball. We certainly see that at Southern Miss in baseball, too.
4: That is correct. Um, you know, our women's basketball program here, um, you know, we have kids – all over the place right now, Cincinnati, Clemson, whatever, Um, and it is, it's across the board um, that we just have great coaches in place here to mentor, to develop. Um, We utilize a lot of information from a leadership course that that we put all of our student-athletes in, um, and it's exactly what it says it is, you know, it's a leadership course. And, we try to develop these kids and, and make sure that they're better whenever they leave. Not saying that they were bad when they got here, but we're right. trying to say that they're better when they leave than when they came.
2: Well, we're very happy to see your guys take the field this week. Uh, Super Talk loves its association uh, with Jones College, and uh, we wish you guys nothing but the best now that football's finally here.
4: Well, I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me and for all those fans out there that, that can't make it to Jim Cooley Field on Thursday night. Be sure to tune in to JTJCTV.
2: There we go. Joel Kane, everybody, athletics director, Jones College. You can also hear the game on 99.3 WLAU Super Talk and, of course, supertalklaurel.com. We'll be back.
3: The Eagle Hour Southern Miss to the top.
0: Back on a Monday, third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Lots to do there. Pool, 895 lunch, Southern Miss memorabilia. Everything's there, 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour, Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg, and Laurel, Kelly Sander joins us. Kelly, um, a a day that shall live, maybe not in infamy, but shall live uh, in the near conscience of Southern Miss fans. Um, October 10th, 1987, Florida State came to Hattiesburg and put 61 up on the Golden Eagles in the Rock. That uh, score total not seen again until two days ago when Tulane puts up 66. Uh, as as good as the game started, Kelly Sander is as bad as the rest of the game was.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, when you just do the simple math, I mean, the Eagles got outscored 66 to 10. Uh, the rest of that ball game by a team that's supposed to be a middle of the pack to lower middle of the pack AAC. Uh, football team, we knew, and we talked about this last week on the Eagle Hour. We knew that Tulane was pretty talented and had the ability, uh, and that they would be coming in here a little bit miffed after blowing that lead uh, to Navy. Um, but they they absolutely gashed the Eagle defensive line in the second half. Um, you know, maybe they were better conditioned, uh, they were bigger, stronger, uh, faster, and, and it might have been a situation early on in that game where Tulane didn't think it was going to be. Um, I mean, I, I think they were kind of sleepwalking through the first 10 minutes, and then when they realized that the Eagles had come to play, then they turned on their switch, and um, and it just really was, was not a ball game. And the latest Massey ratings were released today. Uh, right now there are, there are 90 teams playing Division One football, 90, and Southern Miss is ranked 88th. The only two teams that, that are ranked below Southern Miss are Middle Tennessee from Conference USA. And Louisiana Monroe out of the Southland. Those are the only two teams that the Massey ratings has ranked worse. Now, if those were, you know, if, if those were to hold up in real life, and we, we also talked last week on this show that the Eagles might only be favored to beat Rice and UTEP. Well, according to Massey right now, Rice and UTEP are better than the Eagles. I mean, don't look now, but UTEP is three and one. Uh, so yeah. the miners, and as much as I've made fun of the miners, they're, they're, Clearly improved from where they were last year, and it's um, it's just a real quandary, you guys. And and you, when Bob said Jeremy McLean's got the the toughest job in America, um, man, there's just so many things to scratch your he head about. You could you know, scratch all your hair out, you know. At this point. Tim
0: Jones did not play. Uh, Don Ragsdale did play. Kind of concerned about that. But you look at what some of the receivers did. Demarcus Jones, eleven catches, seventy-seven yards. Brownlee uh, caught uh, three catches for one hundred and ten yards. He was uh, caught the early eighty-eight-yard touchdown. Jack Abraham was manageable, twenty-three of thirty-eight uh, for two hundred ninety-nine yards. Uh, the the interception, I think. If you can have a turning point in a game, it was in the third offensive drive when we're going down to to go up possibly uh, twenty one points, and we throw an interception on the bubble screen. Kelly, what Scotty Walden talked about this in his um, press conference this week. At what point, or, or how do you convince kids who look up at a scoreboard up fourteen and nothing in the first five minutes? and say, should we really be ahead at this moment? I think that says a lot for the mental makeup of this team.
1: I don't know of a single college athlete in the old days or today, regardless of what the expectations are for your team from the outside media or the outside fan bases. I don't know of a single college athlete that doesn't do their very best to win. They all know. They learn at a very early age it's a lot more fun to win than it is to lose. Um. And it's and it's one thing to compete and not be and not be competitive. That's the thing that has to be so frustrating is that you're trying as hard as you can. But it wasn't even it was they weren't even competing. You know, the offensive line was really suspect after that first game. But I thought I thought overall the offensive line was pretty serviceable against Tulane. I thought it was the defensive line right. that got that got gashed against against Tulane. Um so if it's not one thing, it seems to be another. You know, um, trying to look at positive things, the kicking game for Southern Miss has been good. I mean, it really has. The, the punting units, uh, you know, have, have been good. You know, the, now the kick coverage team, of course, the wave ran that kickoff back, but I'm talking about punting and place kicking. Uh, Bourgeois has been has been great. and he's got a thunderous leg and, and um, you know, so I, I think, but, but really when you look at all the departments on, on the team, that's... Those are about the only two areas that I see that have been consistent. You know, there, there have been signs of, of, you know, good play for the offensive line and defensive line, but they need to be able to to put it all together, and they just haven't.
2: I wonder how much the team defensively, because it just couldn't get much worse, has been hurt by the um, by the kids that opted out, Kelly, the the couple three players that chose Jaylen not Adams. to come back and play, yeah.
1: Uh, well you you talk to some of those guys now and not and not to point fingers at any specific player but uh but if you talk to some of the players on the team now, you know they say things work out the way they're supposed to and and that maybe in different respects, some of those guys weren't necessarily ideal teammates mm-hmm. um, so you know they, they might have been talented in different aspects, but if they if they're in other areas they cause the team to be dragged down a little bit, maybe it is better. Uh, that they're gone. But, but one of the questions that has to be raised, I think, and it's, it, it certainly is a question because none of us have ever coached a collegiate football game, right? But, but you have to ask this question. How good has the staff been at just purely and simply evaluating talent overall? Mm-hmm. Now, we've got some great individual players, all right? But, but from a team aspect as a whole, I would think that that has to be one piece of the puzzle. Maybe maybe we just didn't – maybe we just overestimated. Right. And, again, it's not that the guys aren't trying. It's just that they might just not be as talented.
0: Well, you can't – Part you of that comes, though, when you, when you plug JUCO players. Well, you, you plug Juco players and that's what this class was. The last, especially this last class, it was crazy Juco heavy because I think Coach Hobson felt like he had holes to plug. And that's the problem when you, when you bank it all on somebody that's got to come in and play immediately. If you miss. They ain't nobody behind them, and I think that's what we're seeing, particularly on some of the de- the defensive linemen, is that we just kind of missed on a few.
2: Well, and clearly though, Todd Munkin brought in a lot of defensive players. I mean, a lot of junior college players. And I, I remember there. I remember when he when he first left, people said, "Oh, he just brought in so many junior college players." Well. You know, that worked out, so I, I'm with you, Kelly. I just think some of the, some of the blame has to be laid on the, on the coaching staff. I don't think you could just throw 100% of the blame at the kids that are on the football team.
1: No, and, I, and, if, and if, I, if that's the way it sounded, I, that, that was not my intent. I, no, I think the guys are playing as hard as, you can, as hard as they can play. I just think that Tulane was more talented, and I think that, that maybe just some decisions as to, as to, who, to you know, who to put on this team and who not to put on this team. Uh, like Luke said, maybe they've just – they just maybe have not been it, – it, it just has to be asked. Anyway, well, how good has the staff been at purely and simply evaluating
2: talent? Well, Kelly, and when you watched it, you watched it like I did on television, where you really kind of get a panoramic view. Was it just me or did overall the, the two – and I'm talking primarily about lyman just look bigger, stronger, and faster? Did you get that same observation?
1: I did, particularly in the second half, and I, I thought that uh, I thought they wore us down. Um, you know, I thought they wore wore the Eagles down, which you know that would be a conditioning issue. Of course, so much of twenty twenty has just been so weird, as to right. you know how much can you condition, how much can you do, you know, all these other things. But but you'd say, well, it's it's equal for all the teams, you know. And New Orleans' COVID outbreak has certainly been worse, you know, or certainly uh, significant, you know. So they've had to curtail some of their stuff, but. Um, you, you hope you hope that you can just literally put this one in the past and yeah. and get on with it. And, and North Texas, you know, I'm not I'm not convinced the North Texas game will be played this Saturday because they were still in quarantine. I would imagine a decision uh, with that would have to come down in the next day or two um, because the Eagles are scheduled to travel to Denton to to take on the Mean Green. And this this will be a huge huge response game for Southern Miss, one way or the other. Should right. Eagle fans continue, Should they continue to expect this? Or was it truly an anomaly this past weekend,
2: Luke? How hard is it to go on the road after a game like this and get back up to to play an opponent on the road?
0: Well, it's there's a positive and there's a negative. Negative, I mean. The positive is you can't get any worse. Okay, right. I mean it can't. It can't. Well, I guess it could technically, but it can't based off historically what it what it means to lose in the Rock. It can't get any worse, and so you just got to flush it. What would happen normally? In the program is that there would be after a loss like this, there would be a players meeting. I don't know if that's happened. I don't know if that will happen, but there would normally be players that would get up, seniors or even underclassmen with, with leadership and stand up and say, Hey guys, you got a choice to make. I remember Rod Davis did it for us. We had a bad loss. He took a mirror in the team meeting room. He looked in the mirror and he said, I'm looking in the mirror. You need to look in the mirror. We're not doing this anymore. This is not, uh, this cannot happen ever again. And that's what you've got to do. So the, the question is not going to be do they win in Denton. The question is going to be do they want to be in Denton and do they want to play to win in Denton. But it's just hard with the, the mental makeup, it seems, of this team right now. And so the leaders has got to lead. All right. Three Conference USA
2: teams did not play this weekend because of COVID. One of those was North Texas. We'll take a look at that I'll let you know how other conference schools did as well as the Eagle Hour continues on a Monday. We're glad you're with us. Stay around.
3: Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top.
0: Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg. If you're looking for a new ride, let Toyota of Hattiesburg help you with your next vehicle purchase. Go on their website, toyotahattiesburg.com, and uh, pick out maybe a Tundra, Tacoma, Forerunner. Camry, Corolla, and then go uh, up to Highway 98. Go see them at Toyota of Hattiesburg and take a test drive, and then, man, buy your next vehicle from Toyota Hattiesburg. We appreciate their sponsorship of the eagle hour. Um coach Scott Barry always updating us on how Corky Palmer is doing. Coach Palmer last week continued to show some improvements. Uh going through some physical therapy and uh, coach Barry actually got to visit with uh coach Palmer uh over the weekend. Um coach is about to be coach Palmer's about to be transferred to a new rehab facility and uh coach Palmer talking and recognizing a lot of you. And so, uh, thankful that he continues to improve and we appreciate Scott Barry, the, the best out there, uh, by far. We, we appreciate him keeping us up to date on how coach Corky Palmer is doing. Kelly Sander joining us and, and Kelly, the, the Bengals didn't lose yesterday. I guess that's a positive <laughs> for you.
1: Well, you were talking about Coach Palmer being in in, in rehab, and, and God bless him. But I think if things continue, Joe Rehab's going to be, an, or Joe Burrow is going to be in a different kind of rehab. Um, good heavens, um, he's just—they're just—he's just getting killed back there. Um, yeah, they tied the uh, very incompetent Philadelphia Eagles yesterday. By the way, you guys, this—the very latest from the campaign trail: former Vice President Joe Biden trying to show people that he is hip to the sports scene and trying to get some younger votes, has boldly predicted today that the Las Vegas Raiders would win the NFC East.
2: <laughs> yeah. He's on top of it, no question. Oh, yeah. yeah now, I'm looking, look, we've been negative the whole show, especially me, but I want to talk to you guys about something positive, and that's our man Nick Mullins.
1: You're not kidding. Does this honey, kid
2: not it? deserve to be a starting quarterback in the NFL?
1: Man, he's and he's still doing the pylon thing where he's making sure everything's cleaned up and tidied. <laughs> he's such a good kid, and I'm telling you, he's more efficient than Garoppolo is. You know, Garoppolo better watch it. Yeah. No. Um, and and 25 how would Twenty-five
0: of thirty-six, three hundred forty-three <laughs> yards. No, no interception. interception. One
1: you know, and he he's always been very efficient as far as the 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 no interceptions goes. But you know, and I know this is a this is a a pipe dream, but as Drew Brees <clears throat> gets on down the road age wise, wouldn't it be cool if some by some twist of fate Nick Mullins were the quarterback of the New Orleans Saints? Oh, yeah. I mean, awesome somebody's would that gotta be. be talking
2: to them. How awesome would that be, yeah.
0: I mean, be honest, if you watch the Saints offense and it's because Drew's arm um is is not what it used to be at all, they they throw every pass they throw is fifteen yards or less. They don't take any deep shots. They just dip and dunk. They jab, jab, jab. I think that's what Collinsworth called it last night. Ning Mullins would excel in that offense, but Shanahan has said there is no throw in our playbook that he cannot make. And I think he has an underrated arm. I think it's actually stronger than, than what most of the league gives him credit for. And he just on the, this, it was, I know it's against the Giants, but it's on the road yesterday and they trounced them. What backup Wait, sure. throws for 300, close to 350 yards?
1: Yeah, and you're right and 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 better than his arm is his brain, and it always has been he's he's so smart uh, and so his football acumen is off the chart so I'm hoping that I know, Bob, you want to get to the other Conference USA games, but, man, thumbs up for Nick. And, yeah, and, and
2: I would say even more than his brain, Kelly, is his character. He is yeah, just for, a tremendous kid. A, a tremendous great ambassador kid. for Southern Miss. No Bring question. For Southern All right, guys, real quickly, Liberty beat Florida International. I watched a good bit of that game. Pretty competitive football game, 36-34. UTEP, 3-1. and one. Trouts, Louisiana Monroe, 31-6. Uh, Louisiana Tech put 66 on the board against Houston Baptist. They win 66-38. Georgia State and Charlotte canceled. South Florida and Florida Atlantic canceled. North Texas and Houston canceled because of COVID. Worry some guys as to whether or not uh, the Golden Eagles will have a game uh, this week, as you mentioned, uh, Kelly, in North Texas.
1: Yeah, because that that North Texas-Houston game was canceled because of North Texas. It was right. not Houston. It was North Texas. So Rice imagine...
2: yet to play a game, isn't that right? Rice is yet to play a game.
1: That might be the way to go this year. You know, <laughs> just,
2: just <don't> play.
1: <laughs> You might finish tenth in the country and never haven't played a game. You know,
0: right. that's should exactly. should mention also uh, the Friday night game was UTSA in Middle Tennessee. UTSA right, right. squeaked out of there with a with a win, but the Roadrunners are three and now right it's changing faces right now uh in
2: conference usa and uh
1: well particularly particularly in the west you got uab that's playing well utsa is undefeated getting national you know votes as we mentioned utep yes utep, UTEP. is three and one and and the eagles are going to have to play all those all those teams yeah this year whoopie do huh hey guys
0: Sheila just walked in. Uh, hopefully we're going to have the North Texas guy on Wednesday. Looks like uh, they're all go from Denton at this point. So that's good news. Good news.
2: That's, good news. that's a 6-30 game, I believe, Saturday night. And I believe – Luke, where's that game? I think we'll be able to watch that game, will we not?
0: And Yeah, it's on Stadium, so uh, whatever you wanted, whatever you rigged it up Saturday, rig it up. Hey, it's pretty cool to see A.J. Hawk right down from me in the press box. Still got that slick back hair. Pretty,
2: <laughs> pretty cool. big dude, pretty big
1: dude. Don't, don't look at him the wrong way. <laughs>
2: right, exactly right. All right, that wraps it up today. We appreciate you listening. We do that every day, and we thank you for listening today. All three of the guys, back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss. To the to top. To the top.
0: I like
2: an eagle.